You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait, celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 74 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here in a very interesting situation with Gina Militia. <laughs> what do you mean by that, Val? Well, <laughs> it's early. <laughs> we're in a hotel room yeah. in Melbourne. Yeah. We are, it is 5 a.m. as we are recording this. Yeah. Now, some people might think that we are recording this very early in the morning because we've gotten up and we're trying to be efficient and we're going to get through our day. But in fact, we have not yet gone to sleep yet, yeah. have we, Gina? No. Just got back from a job. Yes, just got back from a job and... Uh... It sounds like we live together now, Val. <laughs> really, it does. Well, you organised the hotel room because the shoot was just in the hotel next door yeah. and it would make sense because we were finishing the, the, the gig at 4am yeah. to actually then crash uh, in the hotel room yeah. as opposed to try and find our way home yeah. or, or whatever. And um, we're trying to wind down... And we've had some cake. We're having healthy food now, yeah. Val. Well, you went for the unhealthy option. You went for the, what was yours? Tiramisu. Like, yeah. ta take away tiramisu. But I had the healthy option, Val. What was that, Gina? I got carrot cake. That's not That's the healthy. healthy. Yeah, and I also got cheesecake as well because yes. I couldn't decide. Gina got two cakes. I couldn't decide. I got one cake. Yeah. Uh, because but they're healthy cheese and carrot. Yeah. It's like a salad. <laughs> No, it's not, Gina. Yeah, it's a cheesecake is healthy, so is carrot cake. So we were craving food because we didn't have any dinner because we worked straight through. Oh, no, we did have a bit of dinner. We had a break, quick break for dinner. Uh -huh. That's right. But, you know, when you're working straight through, you get a bit hungry. So um, now we thought we would record this podcast at 5am while the event was fresh in our minds so we could bring it straight to you and make sure we didn't forget anything. Uh, also, we've uh, and I'm also a bit tired, as you can tell. I'm a bit wired, Val. <laughs> Gina's a bit wired, yeah. and I'm a bit tired, but we're going to press on. So, the topic of this episode is how to create studio lighting in any location, and we're going to give you some real real life examples from today's shoot, which was at a major event in Australia called the Logies or major entertainment event called mm. the Logies, which is like the American equivalent of the Emmys. And um, it was shooting people before they went on the red carpet, but also shooting people at an after party, much, yeah. like, much like the Vanity Fair Oscars party that you often hear about and read about in, in the media. But before we get onto that, Gina, I believe we have some shout-outs. Is that right? Well, shout-outs, yeah. So um, I, I just uh, 
when this podcast airs, Val, this this uh, particular show that I've been watching and loving, okay. oh my God, loving so much, okay. as much as this healthy carrot cake that I just finished, okay. <laughs> nearly finished, um, I've been watching on Creative Live, uh, which is uh, it's Chase Jarvis's network, photographer Chase Jarvis, who mm-hmm. I also love. He's created uh, this series called 30 Days of Genius where he interviews people like my favourite, Brene Brown. You're not so much a, like you just don't do her as much as I do. I do. I think she's amazing. Marie Forleo, um, Sophia Amorosi. <laughs> it's like all these people who I find really inspiring and um, they, they, it's like a long-form interview with each of them, an hour and a half, and uh, I think it's uh, brilliant for creatives, and uh, I've been um, having them uh, streaming while I'm retouching, uh, so I've, I've really enjoyed it. So uh, by the time this podcast airs, uh, you'll be able to catch probably the last couple uh, in the series. Uh, well worth watching, and if you, if you ever see them repeated, you know, check them out. Okay, we'll put the link in the show notes. So we also have a shout-out to Scott Stokehawk. Uh, and what has Scott written in? Is he asked for a photo critique? Is that right? No, I just wanted to um, mention Scott because mm-hmm. he uh, created a brilliant image and we talk a lot about making the most of um, what you have in any given situation. So Scott was doing... His uh, son's formal, I think he was uh, officially uh, trying to do shots for that. And um, the prom, which is, I guess is the same as a formal, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, what, they had a location in mind, but what happened was uh, the weather had turned horrible and uh, they, they were supposed to be shooting in a local church. Uh, which was awful, cramped and disorganised and loud and bad lighting and very rushed and uh, they couldn't get any of the shots. So they headed back to uh, his son's girlfriend's house and uh, and he tried to work out what he could do from there. And, he, and, and so it was raining. He found a porch with oh. an overhang. He put them under that. Um, not a great background uh, or lighting, and so he used his 85mm, 1.2, and everything in the background just went out of focus. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's turned around, and I think that is a beautiful shot yeah, that he's we'll, created we'll, out of that. So. We'll put the shot in the show notes, which you can find at com. But basically it's a shot of uh, Scott's son and... and Son looks like Prince Charming, girlfriend. doesn't he? Yeah, Don't he does. think? Your son looks like Prince Charming, Scott. He does. But they're both, you know, dressed in their prom gear and it's a beautiful, beautiful shot. I think even the dress almost um, is really compatible with the background. It really is. The whole thing just really fits together and it's it's gorgeous, absolutely stunning. And and you wouldn't even know that it's raining. Yeah, the eighty five one point two is a magical lens. Um, but like the uh, eighty five uh, one point eight, I think uh, is uh, a whole lot cheaper, but will give you a, a similar effect. So um, yeah, great what you can do with you know instead of getting flustered in the situation he kept his cool yeah. and uh, managed to nail a brilliant brilliant shot now one thing about this brilliant shot you may notice Gina and again if you're interested have a look in the show notes because we'll we'll feature it there 
is that um, the girl is wearing a corsage, a flower corsage on her wrist, which is quite unusual for Australia. It's extremely common in America, isn't it? Because you read about it all the time. You, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You see it in movies and stuff like that. But it's 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 not as common in Australia as all to have a um, corsage on your wrist, is it? No, we don't see them at all. No, it's not at all. Is not it? When we first started hearing about this from America, it was like, why would you do that? That is so weird. Yeah, but we uh, learn about American culture through all the shows that we watch. Yes, You're an books. expert, Val. <laughs> you are too. <laughs> you are too. Um, right, we also have a shout-out to Fran Solly, is that right? Yeah, so Fran, uh, and, and this has been a very popular buy, I've noticed. Fran's bought herself the Minolta Light mm. Meter uh, 6. Is it like one V, is that six or is it four? That's, That's four. four. Light red. <laughs> you studied Latin, didn't you? Yeah, but you don't need to study Latin to know that means four. <laughs> Sometimes I get them the wrong way around, though. But like, so um, she bought it secondhand. Oh, no, it was actually given to her, mm. which is very cool. And um, she was asking about uh, how to use it. And um, I think when she put that in the uh, Facebook group, there was plenty of uh, people who gave responses about where to find notes on that. But I'm going to actually record a tutorial uh-huh. for the Gold members on uh, how to use a light meter and, and uh, Fran, how to use that light meter in particular because uh, that's the one that I've got that I've yeah, had for great. over 25 years. I'll be keen to see My it as antique. well. My antique. This is a ripper of a light meter. If, if you come across any of these uh, on eBay or secondhand, Around eighty, eighty to a hundred dollars. It's a great buy. I, I paid about seven hundred or eight hundred dollars for mine twenty five years ago, which is like probably fifty thousand now. What was the, the <laughs> what's the rate? <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> but um, I think that's a good, good a good idea to put yeah. a tutorial, a video tutorial, uh, in the gold community at ginamilitia.com. And for those of you who aren't in the gold community yet or don't know what it is, head on over to GinaMilitia.com, that's M-I-L-I-C-I-A, to have a look at all of the fantastic things you can get if you decide to join as a member of the gold community. There are around 700 people in the gold community already, and it's all very exciting because there's lots of stuff that Gina and I are delivering to you each month. Every month there are at least two to three new tutorials on a whole range of things. They can range from how to do post-production on things like how to make, um, you know, your teeth whiter. Or not your teeth whiter, but the teeth in the photos So it's not about bleaching your teeth with coconut oil? We do that every day? Did you know about that? No, I didn't know about that, but thank you for sharing. That's all right. and it also has behind the scenes. Podcast. It also has behind the scenes at some of Gina's shoots, and you learn a lot from Gina explaining why she's picking a particular light, why she's shooting from a particular angle, or you know why she's chosen this particular um, pose, or, or the way she directs directs her subjects. So 
very exciting place to be, the God community. There's also monthly webinars where you can chat to Gina live on the webinar and ask her her question, ask her your questions, and she'll answer them on the uh, on the webinar. And if you can't make the webinar, we also make sure that we post a recording of the webinar so that you can access all of those as well. Because there's nothing better than also learning from other people's questions. I often learn from the questions people ask and, mm -hmm. and, and you, you answer. Because, you know, sometimes I haven't even thought of them myself. But anyway, there are a lot of other benefits from the Gold Community and you should check them out at GinaMilitia.com. But what else have we got, Gina? So um, I just wanted to give a shout out to some of the people who use the hashtag shooting stars. Right, yeah. Uh, like, some great shots, Val. Yeah, I know. Um, I this is a I'll winner. Starstruck. So Christy Louise Heard photographed William and Kate. Yes. The royal couple. Prince the future, William. The future king and mm. queen. Mm. Oh, that's impressive. He's not my favourite royal. Okay, who's your favourite royal? Harry. Why is that? He's got red hair. Okay. <laughs> Enough said. Oh, I love redheads. Yeah, um, I know. So that that was a really cool, cool, cool shot, and that really captured them uh, beautifully. Mm -hmm. And um, Mike Hickman, Mike photographed Mike Tyson, and it's a fantastic How shot of Mike Tyson. That's a really good really shot. Really good. And he's an intimidating guy, uh -huh. isn't he? So that's a great shot. Good get. And, and we will put these images in the show notes as well. Uh, Judy Bruner photographed former President uh, Jimmy Carter. Oh, the peanut that's farmer. Crazy. Fantastic. Is, is that what he did? He was a peanut farmer. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool shot. And another redhead, mm -hmm. Val. Um, Owen. Owen. O. Braislin. Yeah. Photographed Ed Sheeran. Yeah, really good very shot too. Very good shot. Very, very, very nice impressive. shot. Impressive. So, and there was a whole host of other shots. Uh, from uh, that, that shooting stars hashtag, which was amazing. So mm. very cool to see those. Now we have a listener question from Cassandra Jean. Cassandra has said, I'm trying to set up a small photo spot in my dog grooming shop and need to build a custom backdrop. My question is what type of material should I look for in a backdrop? What qualities do you all prefer? I have limited space so the dogs will likely be close to it and I won't be able to just make it blur yeah. into the background very easily. So, Gina. Yeah, Cassandra, this is a great, great question. Um, my suggestion for, because you've got such a small space, is I would get a pop-up background. So uh, you know, Val, how you get the diffusers and reflectors yes. and they open up and they pop up and yes. then they fold back down again. You yes. can get very similar ones that actually are backgrounds and you can get different sizes. So you can get them about like a metre, yep. a metre um, so tall and, you know, a, a metre wide or and you can get them a little bit bigger. The really cool thing with these backgrounds is the designs have really... Um, drastically improved in the last little while and um i think it's um i'll put the link in the show notes manfrotto have bought out a, a range in conjunction with uh just uh loading up now but basically they are um already printed in different textures mm -hmm. and um you can get them it's lasterlite you can get them like they create out of focus ones, so it's mm. like bokeh in the background, 
or you can have uh, Protein Beach, or the ones that I really like, which I think would be good for you, Cassandra, are like textured backgrounds, which would be could be uh, a wall, a textured brick wall, mm. or um, all sorts of different textures. So you could have those in, in the corner of your salon. And then I would uh, maybe get some... Uh, a wooden box or a trunk or something like that and you could sit the dogs on top of that ah, yes. and then you've got this really cool background behind so it becomes more of a 3D style shot rather than having like a studio set that you can pop the dog on so mm. I think that would look really good. That makes a lot of sense to actually put them on something put like a trunk some... or whatever as, as opposed to just being on the on ground. On a plain background, yeah, yeah. Mm. And so on a trunk or a wooden crate or something like that and then you've got the the pop-up background and with the pop-up backgrounds you get like two sides so you can swap them and then as you go along and your shoots get more popular you can get another one um, and have you know maybe four different backgrounds to choose from and then uh, mix and match. Now we'll put a link to these pop-up backgrounds uh, in the show notes as Gina mentioned there it's called Lastalight by Manfrotto and they're just fantastic. They're amazing. I they're can't really believe good. it. Yeah. You know, you can get seascapes. You can, as Gina said, get the bouquet in yeah. the background. But so how good are the walls? Yeah, brick yeah. walls and, brick and, walls wooden, and wooden, wooden doors. grungy things. But well, look at these backgrounds, like it's, perspective backgrounds yes. where you've got like a, a forest yeah. uh, or a staircase. Fantastic. Um, and... and I mean, if anyone wants to, you can actually get canvas printed. So you could create your own background. You could find a textured background, get it printed on a canvas mm. and make your own. Or just buy one of these. Or just buy one of these. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think they're awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So let's move on to the topic of this week, which is all about how to achieve um create studio lighting in any location. Yep. Now, of course, this has been inspired by the fact that today you had to kind of have a pop-up studio yeah. in in this, in really what is, uh, a, what is a nightclub of... It was a nightclub. Um, yeah, of uh, Crown Towers, or Crown, which is a big hotel in yeah. Melbourne and where the Logies is, is held. And you needed to convert what was ordinarily a nightclub into something that could take decent photos. Yeah. Like decent, really good quality yes. photos of A-list celebrities. So before we delve into, I've got lots of questions uh, about this because this might be a situation that's faced by quite a number of photographers where they suddenly need to create a studio at, at, at an event that they're yeah. at or, or, or something like that. Um, you know, when you take school photos, you're effectively yes. creating a little studio yes. to create, to, to, to take school photos of all the children, of teachers and so on. You would have to create a little studio, let's say, if you were taking a bunch of corporate shots yep. where you had to get through an entire department in one day. So before we delve into some of the steps for that, just give us a bit of a bit of background because I know we're going to use the Logies as as some ex, you know as examples yeah. of, of how to do this. What was your brief for today? Tell us what you needed to actually achieve today first. Right. So basically I had I was asked by uh, 
the network that hosts uh, the Logies, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Nine Network here in Australia, to come in on the day and they would have all of their on-air talent in the one room uh, today and it was a great opportunity to photograph them all in one day, all uh, dressed up in their finery, mm-hmm. you know. So basically we had uh, the, the day was split into two parts. So we had the afternoon session, which is when all the uh, on-air talent are dressed in, in their um, their tuxedos and their gowns and mm-hmm. hair and makeup's done and, mm-hmm. and they're sent out onto the red carpet uh, to, to before the uh, the event actually happened. So they wanted them all photographed. So that was on a set. So they had um, a set specifically built. So we consulted with them about like how the set would look and the mm-hmm. size and the width and, and uh, what the material would be and how that would look the best. So we uh, ended up going with um, a black vinyl on mm-hmm. the ground. Mm-hmm. And this black vinyl that we used is like when you watch shows, Val, like Dancing with the Stars mm-hmm. and um, Australian Idol mm-hmm. and uh, American Idol as well, Idols all over the world or, you know, game shows or talent shows, you see when you, um, like the floor's always this beautiful black shiny floor. Yeah. That's exactly what these, this, the, what we used for that. So it's a, like a black vinyl floor, highly reflective. You put that on the ground and then we had like a black background mm-hmm. which had uh, some of the logos from uh, the sponsors, uh, the, the network and... Um, the from the logies so basically the shots that we took today were then sent out to uh, all of the australian media so they wanted something that looked really high-end and show busy they wanted to obviously showcase their talent and the beautiful gowns that they were wearing so Mm -hmm. everyone needed to be shot full length I needed to shoot everyone as, as uh, individuals and then in the, the cast grouping so whatever shows they were in as groups, so I was working with big groups, little groups, couples, threes, fives, all sorts of things like that. So not only did you have to shoot all of these people and shoot them brilliantly, shoot them, you know, so that they looked fantastic because they were literally dressed up to the nines. Amazing outfits today, some, yeah, some of the outfits oh my were, God. were spectacular. Not only did you have to do that, you would have had to then... Um, and you did that at about, I would say, mm, between 3 o'clock yeah. and 7 o'clock or 3 and 6 o'clock, thereabouts? Probably, yeah, three to, 3.30 till about 5.30, I think. Yeah, there, yeah thereabouts. Yeah. After which, because you have to get them to Australian media that night, but there's a lots of, there are lots of steps before you get yeah. to Australian media. You get to send them to Australian media because you need to then edit all yep. of the shots yep. to, you know, chuck out the duds and the ones where their eyes are closed and all yep. that kind of thing. You need to potentially um, adjust some of them if yep. there were things that, you know, were in the frame that you wanted to crop out yep. or anything like that. But then after that, because you were commissioned by the network, you needed to get um, approval yep. for any of these images yep. approved that, that, that the publicist Publicity department would approve that it's okay for them to be sent out yep. to Australian media. So that required finding the publicist or publicists who were authorised to approve specific um, images. Yep. But then after that, 
you had to also be involved and help facilitate the captioning pro- process. Yep. Because when you're sending stuff to the media, they absolutely hate it or they certainly will not use it if they don't know who the images yep. are of. And that's why the captioning is so important. So each and every single shot then had to be captioned yep. on your computer before finally they were sent to Australian media. Yep. Would that be inaccurate? Yep. Yeah? That's the steps. Yeah. So... After you did well, and I'm going to come back to the um to, to what you did in the afternoon. After you did that, you had a little break, but then yep. you, we had to go back to actually shoot at the after party. Yep. Can you give us an idea of were you just shooting people having fun, or you know what what was your brief? What was your goal for the after party? So the after party was actually sponsored. There was a sponsor mm-hmm. um, at the after party and the idea was to uh, get the guests as they arrived. That We had another a wall set up by the sponsor which had the sponsor's logo on it mm-hmm. and this is a common thing you see in uh, most um, uh, A-list events and openings where there will be sponsors of a certain event and their logo will be on the wall, and uh, they're called brag walls. Mm-hmm. And uh, the talent uh, that come to these parties will stand in front of the walls, and then those images get sent to the media, and that's the way the uh, sponsors get uh, advertising for their products. Mm-hmm. So, like, my brief was to get uh, as many people as possible that came to the party in front of this wall for the for the sponsor. Mm-hmm. So, and then those images then went out to the Australian media at the end of that night, which was a couple of hours ago. Yeah, that's right. At the end of the party, you had to go through all of those steps all over again. So twice in one day, two massive shoots, Mm. one after the other, and we're still up now because (laughs) I had carrot cake. Yes, and I had tiramisu. It gives me stamina, Val. Okay, so... health food. I was able to come with you throughout the entire gig yep. and see you in action, which was, you know, great fun and absolutely totally interesting. And one of the things that we did was I shot a lot of behind the scenes video for tutorials in the gold community. Yep. So I'm pretty excited to put them together because I think it's a pretty unique fly on the wall take of what really goes on at these kinds of shoots, yep. at these kinds of major events. So um Let's just start with you, we, you, we arrived and we were in this nightclub and you had to, um, you, had, you had sort of a, a, a bit of a set built in that there was the wall and then there was a decent floor on the ground. What then do you think, what then did, do you have to add to that? To you want to take a step back and actually getting the stuff from the car oh, to yes. the location oh, because that goodness. in itself is an exercise. And okay, no, I'm, I'm, I want to I wanna take a step back yep. before I, that right? actually. Yeah. And in the process leading up to the event, what kind of preparation did you do? What goes through your head in terms of thinking, okay, I need to pack this or I need to yeah. work this out or I've to, I'm going to shoot this kind of thing, or do you just chuck everything no. in the car and <laughs> and bring it and pull out what you need as you go? So there is a system that I pack the car. There's an order that everything gets packed in. Uh, the car gets packed in exactly the same way and unpacked in exactly the same way for every shoot that I go in. Every bag um, that I have and every case that I have has uh, – everything in it in the same way and I think about what what's going to happen and I make sure like there might be uh, a couple of hours spent packing the car 
making sure all the batteries are charged, making sure I've got everything. So um, but what that I happens. Meant, yep. What I meant was, what is your, I don't mean preparing to pack the car, yep. I mean what is your thought process in terms of your preparation for the actual shoot? What do you, do you think about it one day beforehand, two days beforehand, one week beforehand? What exactly do you think of? Okay, so as soon as I get the brief or I'm booked for that job, I will think about, okay, what what are the uh, limitations of the location? What sort of space have I got? And that's when I start to think about how I'm going to light the set. So in terms of like if I know I'm going to have a fair bit of space to work with, then, you know, I might be able to have, you know, uh, a certain number of lights and a certain style of lights. I can use my bigger, like larger octoboxes because I have the space. And um, and certain soft boxes. If I'm more constrained, then I'll use a different style of lighting. So I knew um, what the set build was going to be like for this one because I did it last year. So um, I knew exactly what the limitations were, and so I'd already uh, planned out my lighting. So that's how I base my lighting, and then I always will bring those lights and then a couple spare valves just in case. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> When take us through this particular process, then what what did you decide on when you thought, okay, here's my brief, yeah, and how did you then determine what kind of lighting you did want to achieve for this particular? Gig? So for this shoot, I knew I had uh, singles, so people on their own, people in um, pairs, and then threes fives and then the most would be like uh, eight ten in a group so Mm -hmm. lots of group shots foul so knowing that I couldn't shoot um sort of uh specky particular lighting like I love using uh beauty dishes or deep octa boxes they've got a really distinct look you can't do that when you're shooting large groups because you're going to get um people shadowing so for this sort of thing, I knew because um, I was working so quickly and with so many groups, and there's going to be so many people around, I needed a really soft lighting, soft even lighting. So that's why I went with the um, the large octobox and the large soft boxes fill and then one hair light just to keep it really soft, which means that I can move people around the set mm. and the lighting is going to be even from front to back. And from side to side, you're going to get a relatively even lighting all around. I'm not going, the last thing I have time to do on on a shoot like this is tweak lighting Mm -hmm. midway through. So you want it to be nice and flat and even so that I can just shoot. And my focus is on making sure that uh, everybody looks good. Everyone's in in a great shape and the shot works rather than, oh, my God, there's a shadow there because you can't, like, you're getting five, six, seven frames and then move on, move on. It's so quick. Okay, so can you give us an idea of what you brought today or is that way too long laundry list? It is a long list. So, you know, there was... So what were the key things? So the key things were, so my main light was my large Octobox um, and and that's an an Allencrom Octobox. And then I had a uh, my large Chimera softbox as fill, and then a, another large Chimera softbox as a hair light. And I used the large softboxes because I was working with large groups, and 
because I love my large soft boxes because they give a really soft and beautiful light. So that's my preferred lighting. Hot, probably a lot softer than I normally would have. I would normally throw in maybe um, a deep octa or something to shape, but in this case, uh, I couldn't do that because I had too many people that I was working with. Mm. So, and then you've got like your light stands, tripod, camera, laptop, um, and that was it. I did have a battery powered light set up that I was going to have as a floating light for another mm-hmm. shot, but we didn't, just didn't have time to get that done. Sure. Okay, so basically at 3.30 people started arriving. Now, they started arriving in a nightclub, but it wasn't obviously operating as a nightclub. It was uh, just a, a venue where the, your set was at yep. that stage. And um, no alcohol was served because mm-hmm. no one wanted any of the stars to be um, drinking alcohol before yep. going onto the red carpet. Yep. So they got their photos done and then they went down the red carpet and went into the ceremony, yep. right? And it was only uh, it, uh, the after party did the uh, alcohol start flowing. Freely. But just for the afternoon shoot, just tell us what happened. They would arrive? Like what, what, what was your process? So they would arrive and there was a lot of a lot of people on set. How many people do you think were there today? Oh, countless. <laughs> I, I don't know. They were always standing in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of people today. So we had like um, publicists and marketing mm. people and like all, all like lots and lots and lots of people. So what would happen would the talent would arrive. They all had a time that they were expected to be on the red carpet because it's all scheduled so that it, otherwise – Everyone from the entertainment industry arrives at the same time, and mm. it's just there's this bottleneck. Mm. So everyone is staggered to make it a lot, a lot flow a lot easier. Mm. So my constraints were I had the talent arrive, and then they had to be on set, and then they had to be out the door. Otherwise, they'd be running late for their red carpet. So yeah. that, that that they were just ushered through very very quickly and in a particular order. So um, yeah, that's pretty much my brief for the day. So I needed to photograph them all as full length, Yes. get them on and get them off very quickly. Now, fortunately, these people have been styled you know, by by the network's wardrobe department. Yes. So they are wearing nice clothes. Yeah. Also, fortunately, most of them have had hair and makeup done. Yeah. So they're looking pretty good. Pretty sweet. Which is great. Mm. However, so that part is not so much of a challenge. No. But there are many other challenges yep. in a shoot like this, which yep. I witnessed today. So can you tell me what you personally found challenging about doing a shoot like today and why? So it's just um, staggering groups to make them look even. Uh, you might have uh, groups where you've got people of different heights. You might have groups where you've got people of different sizes. So you just got to even it all out. Um, and so they're the challenges. There's also, uh, you might have a group where there might be two people in the group who are um, fantastic and confident and uh, the rest of the group not so much. So trying Mm. to even it all out, making people feel good and comfortable and relaxed, um, they're the sorts of challenges that I'd have on a day like today. Yeah. So do you enjoy days like today? Because it seemed a bit stressful to me. It's intense. Did I look stressed? Um, Not really. No. 
it's no, like, but that wasn't really my question. I I didn't ask whether you look whether you were stressed. I asked you if you enjoyed enjoy it. Um, yeah, I do. Like I always love a challenge like this, and I love being put under pressure and seeing what I can deliver. And uh, the more pressure, the better, I guess. <laughs> so I kind of I do enjoy the challenge. I love that. Mm. Um, the, the thrill um, of being put under that much pressure mm. and having to deliver. Now, one of the things is that it can get pretty hectic and pretty crowded because there are so many people in the room, you have to achieve it all in a very short space of time before they then head off to the red carpet. So when there are physically so many bodies in the room, it it can be challenging from the point of view as people walk across to... <laughs> People, what you know, get into don't realise they're in the frame. They're just standing there <laughs> chatting away when you're trying to direct the people who are who they're blocking. Um, how do you deal with that sort of thing? You can't lose your cool in those situations, and um, yeah, I mean, you just got to be nice about it and just gently ask people to like, excuse me, you're in the shot. Because mm. like, if I started yelling, mm. can you imagine what would happen? It's just like people would um, not be happy and they get aggressive back. So you just keep. <laughs> I just kept it really light, and uh, everyone's there trying to do a job, and uh, you just kind of keep it moving. Yeah, fair so enough. A lot of uh, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> yes. Can you just move across a little bit? Yeah, but that's all you can do in such a like a tight situation where there's so many people there. Yeah, for sure. So then what happens, um, you, you, you shoot in the afternoon, and but then you shoot again at the after party. And now by this time, they've been at the awards ceremony They've had a few drinks, I would say, because, you know, especially if they've won, <laughs> you want to celebrate. So what uh, – do you have different challenges at the after party? It's kind of like um, – I remember when my kids were little, Val, mm -hmm. and we'd have parties for them, mm -hmm. and they'd have too many lollies, and they'd all sort of be bouncing off the walls <laughs> and excited, and but really a bit – bit hard to handle you know right. so it's kind of like you know sometimes <laughs> it feels like you're dealing with um three and four year olds like running around because <laughs> it's like you're trying to get these people on set and when people have had a few drinks they're not listening no. <laughs> as well as and uh you know mucking around is sort of like you know seems like a good idea so you just got I think maintain that sort of calm <laughs> you know that's great and maybe if you can just all move over a little bit this way mm -hmm. and uh no please don't hang off the back of the set <laughs> yes. just, and come back now and you know <sighs> that's great <laughs> and so um it's just dealing with all of that and you're just calm and but for the most part everyone was uh really cooperative and uh having a good time and and uh lots of fun to work with i think i think you have a lot of patience Yep, it's part of being a photographer, Val. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. So what um, equipment could you have not lived without today? The laptop, definitely. Oh, I really? think doing something like today and not shooting tethered would have made it really difficult. Cause Why Because when is I'm that? shooting tethered, I can see straight away that I've got the shot. 
you know, I know and then I can see if there's issues like with uh, wardrobe malfunctions or, you know, sometimes people's uh, jackets are, are not fitting right or there mm. might be a gap or there might be like, you know, one the, the, the legs and the, the pants are not fitting well and, and things like that that make it all look really awkward. But when you're shooting Kevin, you, like, you've got the laptop there, you can mm. see the image, you know the problem straight away and... Mm. Uh, you know, so definitely could not have lived without um, the laptop. And then I think, you know, the lighting of the day was soft lighting. And that's, uh, you know, what makes being able to shoot large groups possible. Now, I've said I've said I worked with the Okta and the Tamira softbox. I've just rattled off a couple of very expensive bits of uh, lighting equipment there, Val. Mm. You can get exactly a really similar look using um, uh, a couple of umbrellas as well. We'll, we'll work the same way. You mean same look in the lighting? Uh, very similar. Right. Yeah, okay. very similar because basically um, umbrella light, if you're in a situation where you want to shoot large groups of people and you don't want um, a lot of shadows and you want to sort of create something that kind of simulates daylight, umbrella light simulates simulates daylight. Basically, it just spreads light everywhere in mm. a room. So, like, that's why, you know, when you see... Don't remember when you got your school photos taken? A long time ago, Yeah, but Gina. do you remember the lighting? I remember oh. the lighting. Maybe you weren't paying attention. No. Two umbrellas. Yeah. And basically, right. they put the, the lights up really, really high mm. and uh, two umbrellas facing all the kids. And that's how they got 30-odd kids all perfectly evenly lit. Yeah, it's umbrella right. lighting. It's the flattest lighting. So, yeah, definitely if you're shooting large groups of people and um, you want your lighting to look even and you don't want to have problems with shadowing, umbrellas. So Ella, Ella. <laughs> okay. Yes, Rihanna. Um, so with uh, that, your lighting in mind, yeah. you need to pack a certain amount of gear and you packed quite a lot, of, pack gear. A lot of gear. And <laughs> I have you know, video footage of it, which I will, I'm going to put in the gold community so they can see how much gear you brought. You didn't use all of it. No. What if you were... Maybe not as experienced as you, Gina, but if you were an emerging photographer yep. and you wanted effectively a on-location studio kit yep. that you could bring to, you know, most of your, the locations that you might have in mind and have all of the essentials there to create, hopefully, a studio type of lighting, mm. what would you think is important to be in that kit? So um, I would have uh, studio lighting as preferred to uh, battery-operated portable lighting. So I'd have strobes, like power-operated strobes, right. flashes, um, and probably uh, a minimum of 600-watt seconds. I'd, I would probably have two, two heads at a bare minimum. Um, three would be uh, a fantastic and uh, like, a spare like, tire. like mine's four, like mm -hmm. the ideal. And currently, I'm using six lights as a normal studio. So, mm -hmm. but I started with three. Mm -hmm. um, I would have one softbox and one umbrella 
and maybe one reflector would uh, do, do well for a, a general studio setup. So with that, uh, with three lights, you can create lots and lots of scenarios. You can you can light groups. You can um, photograph headshots and and um, you know families and uh, fashion shoots and uh, lots of you've got lots of uh, ways you can work with that um, as well as that you'd want some kind of background stand and background uh, situation so that you can create uh, like a studio set where you might have roll paper mm -hmm. um, I think that's important and uh, a tripod mm -hmm. And obviously the camera, and then I, I, I have said I, I do like to shoot tethered, but like I didn't have a, a laptop for a long time before digital. I wasn't shooting tethered, so I don't think it's 100% necessary. It makes life really uh, a lot easier, but mm. not necessary. So they're the basics, I think. Now, you actually shot with an assistant today, yes. Rob. Hi, Rob, in case you're listening. <laughs> Hello, Rob. It you did a great, great job great today. Great to meet you awesome. today, Rob. Yeah. Well, Rob's known Gina for about five years or so now. But um, can you describe to people, well, what did Rob do? What did What is the role of an assistant in a shoot like today? Okay, so from the start, from when we arrive on set, uh, Rob's uh, involved in uh, getting all the gear out of the car and mm -hmm. getting it to the location. Once we get to the location, he's briefed on the shoot, what, what sort of lighting we're looking at doing, and then um, we go about setting up the lights. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then generally it's all about building the set, getting the lights up, taking the light reading, getting the camera set up, getting the laptop tethered and uh, making sure everything's ready to go. Uh, the, the assistant always stands in for the first shot. So I've got mm. a collection of all my assistants <laughs> on various sets in, um, you know, different locations everywhere around the world. And, mm. uh, and then after that, once we're happy with the shoot, uh, today Rob was responsible for, as because we were under so much pressure, mm. as I was shooting, he was going through, checking focus, making sure that uh, like my, my shots are level and everything. But basically, he did everything so that I didn't need to think about anything mm. other than focusing on the people that I was photographing, which is like so necessary on a shoot like today. I don't have, if, I, if I was having to worry about is the shot that I just did, is it straight? Is, is my focus okay? Am I picking that shot for the client next? There is no way I would be able to shoot at that sort of speed and level. So mm. I've got Rob tagging shots as yep. he's going. He's finding the good ones in there mm -hmm. too. And then so that when the client came to approve all the shots, we'd already had, Rob had already sorted them, mm. uh, adjusted them, uh, right. process them, right. and then they are uploaded and uh, in the back end of my website ready to be sent out. Very exciting. Yeah. Yes. So the shoot finished at 4am. We came back to the hotel via getting some cake. Cake. Oh, what do you typically do to wind down on something like this, especially when it's 5am by the time you get back home i might read mm -hmm. 
or record uh, a podcast. Record perhaps. a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to wind down. <laughs> drink tea, Val. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably read, drink tea. Um, right. I sort of reply to emails. Things like that. Yeah, you're not tempted to go out partying or anything like that. No, the last the thing I would want to do is. Uh, so basically, I have just spent the last twenty. What? How many hours have we been working? <laughs> what? A really long is time. Is it twenty four? No, Almost. not quite. It's like twenty hours, isn't it? Mhm. I spent. Yeah, it is. Well, it's probably like, been twenty four hours since you were last asleep. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Um, so I've spent the last 24 hours talking to people mm-hmm. and it's like, like lots and lots and lots and lots of conversation. So for me, the last thing I want to do <laughs> is go and have like go to a party and, mm. and carry on and have more conversation. So I think I just want to be quiet and alone and mm. that's how I wind down. Okay. The the introvert special, Val. Right, but instead you're it's not quiet because I'm here. <laughs> and <laughs> we're recording, down by a recording podcast. a podcast because <laughs> that means we get part of tomorrow morning off, mm. you know? Yes, because there's a lot of planning and a lot of exciting things that we've we can't yet reveal, but which are coming up and we do need to spend some time on them, don't we, Dina? Mm-hmm. Yes. Very, very exciting stuff happening tomorrow. Uh, all right, but is there anything else you'd like to add to, to this week's topic? So um, the other essential, I think, of uh, a shoot like today is to make sure that I had everything backed up. Oh, yes. And so that was crucial at stages throughout the day. So I made sure that uh, obviously everything was being uh, downloaded onto my computer the files were processed and then uploaded to my image archive on the website. And then once that was done, uh, all the images, raw files and processed uh, JPEGs were then backed up onto a hard drive. And you did it there and then. I did notice that you were so keen. We had actually packed everything up, including the laptop. Yeah. And you realised that you hadn't backed up yet. And you you insisted that we back up there and then. Yeah. Because you couldn't wait for us to walk no. the 200 metres to the, our hotel no. to, to potentially do it there because... What if we got rolled on the we, way, Val? Okay. We, <laughs> it happened. Okay. Or like I left my laptop somewhere. Yes, yes. So the laptop and the, I've talked about this before, I do this a lot with the gear, the laptop and the hard drive get separated like the royal family. <laughs> so one goes in one area, one goes in the other because... Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to protect my asset, which is the yes, files, for the client mm. and make sure that they then, when I get back to my office, they're backed up again another couple of times Yes, and kept safe. Well, I have to say that it's almost 6am. We haven't slept since yesterday. And uh, I think we're doing quite well, considering. Well, you're fading, I can see. I am fading. <laughs> it's like I can see. I am fading. <laughs> Just like... You will be fast asleep uh, very, very soon, as soon as you say, and that's it. <laughs> like, let's see if you can get through the the Gina challenge before oh, you're yes. uh, fast asleep. Well, what is, <laughs> what is hashtag Gina challenge this week? 
You can think about that, Gina, and while you're thinking about that, uh, if you're a newbie to this podcast, well, first of all, welcome, but we would love you to join us in Hashtag Gina Challenge, which is a weekly challenge, and we say Hashtag Gina Challenge, and then we hashtag another topic or theme. Now, that topic or theme might be you know, black and white, or it might be shooting stars, as it was recently, or it might be filtered, as it was last week, and you can interpret that topic or theme any way you like, and then post your your image based on that topic theme for hashtag Gina Challenge in the Facebook group, which you can find by searching for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. But it looks like Gina has come up with her own hashtag Gina Challenge. And that is, and the theme is hashtag location location. Of course. You like that? Is, yeah, it's good. It's good because it's all about how you can create studio yes. life on location, yes. which is exactly what you did today. But um, to wrap up, Gina, what was the most rewarding thing about today and um, and what are you going to do next? So like, I love, like I said, shooting under pressure like that and mm. I love – that uh, when you see the client get their shots and how happy they are mm. that, that like you manage to, to create something really nice for them. So that's always really exciting, especially when I'm um, put under so much pressure like I was today. Mm. So And then um, finishing off and getting to have carrot cake and now cheesecake oh I'll goodness. go to when we uh, finish recording Belle. So mm. that's always a highlight for me. <laughs> All right, well, I, so a highlight for me was certainly watching the whole thing unfold, watching you perform under pressure, uh, watching you make the decisions, you watching you, I guess, get the best out of people in a, quite a hectic and sometimes stressful situation. And in particular, I loved just looking at the shots because uh, the final shots, that is, because I knew what went into it and I knew the intricacies or I, I, got, I managed to go behind the scenes and find out the intricacies of how some shots just became as magical as they really were. And I know that we're going to see them across many uh, national and m many magazines in Australia, online and print publications. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch them get published over the next couple of days because, you know, uh, it'll remind me of today. Yeah, the day but of no sleep. The day of no sleep, and I'm about to keel over because it is, you know, we have not slept yet, and it is 6 a.m. The birds will be, it'll be time to get up. There's We've people arriving at work. Now. I know, there's people. See, there's cars, there's like, there's good car parks now. We're if you looking. To find, like, you can get a car park oh, yeah, in great. the city if you wanted to. We're looking out the hotel window, and yes, the city is awakening. We could, and I should we go get a, yet. a sunrise photo. Oh, good on you. Go do it if you want, but I'm not coming <laughs> with you. And we're closing the heavy blinds. Oh, no. Yes, we are, of, of the window so that I can get some sleep. But anyway. Uh, let's move on. Thank you so much to everyone for listening uh, to this episode and we hope that you've gotten some good value from it and some ideas that you can take away and use in your own photography. So until we chat to you uh, next time, have a great week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. 
For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.